Come on, man. Welcome back to episode 103 of the TYS show. Time out. Huh? What do you mean, welcome back? That means we left and we came back. No, we left. We come back. Welcome to 103 means that we were doing 103, we stopped, and now we coming back. You're saying welcome to the show. This is episode 103, not welcome back. Okay. I'm just trying to get you. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. Yeah, right. Welcome to episode 103 of the, of the TYS podcast, no, TYS show. Today we have the Godfather, the man himself. The gospel. Coach Reed, you live. Coach Carl Reed. How you doing, Coach? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here with you guys. You're doing a great job. Um, not the most handsome group of fellows. Hey, that's a lot. Okay. That's okay. a lot. But, you know, you do, have, you do have good content. You know, you're doing a good job. I'm actually really proud of you, man. I appreciate that. So, first thing I want to get out the way is the whole Godfather, the gospel type of aura that you bring around St. Louis and to bring around the college football community. Where did that come from? I, I, I don't know that. You know, that's y'all thing. I, I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a regular guy, man. No, nah, that ain't nothing. I'm just a regular guy. No, nah. you got grown legends, Carlito. You, 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 you got the best defensive player to play the game, called the gospel. You know, um, I think that you just had to do right by people in your relationships, and and you got to do good business. And if you do good business over a long period of time, people will respect it. Did you see yourself being in this position, let's say, twenty years back? No, nah, twenty years back. I wasn't even thinking like this. I, I was 22 years old. Um, I was like probably a lot of young people that y'all know. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was working security, you know, at clubs and, and doing different things, just trying to find myself, you know. And uh, I started coaching at that age, but I didn't know what I really wanted to do with it. Like I hadn't had my mind made up yet on what I wanted to be. I had a lot of growing to do and um, a lot of learning along the way but I, I did listen you know I had some missteps in my 20s but I got it right mm. that goes into a question I have for you if you could go back just like with all the knowledge and stuff you got now if you can go back and talk to your younger self what is some things that you would tell yourself to try to like keep you on track or stop you from making those mistakes or like if those mis did those mistakes like help you become who you are today like would you not want to redo those mistakes you know, some of the mistakes that you make land you where you are. So you have some of that. But some of the things, you know, the first thing that I would say is that you need to have discipline. Because if you can be disciplined, a lot of the problems that you have, you won't have. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing, and I think is important for young people, is to believe what you see. Right? Um, especially in your relationships with your friends. Because if you believe what you see... It'll save you a lot of the drama that people go through in life. You know, a lot of guys will stay connected with each other because they grew up together or because their parents grew up together. They live on the same street, but really they have no true connectivity other than that. Mm. And they waste a lot of time and they get in a lot of trouble hanging with a group of guys, you know, that are really bad people, you know, or are really bad for them, you know, and it stops you and it stunts you at different points in your life. And so I think that if I had to do it over again, I would handle my friends different and the people that I call friends different. Mm -hmm. I would only go around people who were trying to go 
where I was trying to go. I would only hang out with people who were trying to be somebody. Um, I wouldn't spend any time with people that are bad people. And you know who those people are, you know, when you're growing up. But those those decisions, you know, they lead to to loss of money. They lead to, in some cases, to a loss of freedom. Um, sometimes they lead to a loss of life, you know. So you just got to be more careful in how you handle the relationships and the people you're around. So that's what I would tell my younger self. If I could choose my friends better and, and, and believe what I see when I see it and also just had a discipline to always do the things you're supposed to do because not having the discipline is really what causes you most of the problems that you have in life. I know I'm supposed to do my schoolwork, but I didn't do it. I know that I shouldn't be smoking, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know that I'm not supposed to drink at 17 and then I'm going to get behind the wheel. So I got, you know, I got a problem there. Um, all of these things that you're doing, because most of the stuff that you do when you get in trouble when you're young is you're trying to show your friends that you're not afraid to be a dummy. Yeah. Right. And so oh, yeah. um, you going through situations. I want to show this group of guys that I'm not scared. I'm not scared to do something stupid. But situations like that, I can tell you a hundred stories about how, you know, when you put yourself in those situations, you know, you're going to be looking around and you're going to be standing by yourself anyway. I say, if you was going to stay on this topic. Yeah, I had so, going off what you said, so I'm taking a flashback to when I was in high school, my junior year. Um, I made a mistake during the football season that caused me to sit out a game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that wasn't like the end all be all, but like that was probably like the first time I like made a mistake. And like, if I felt, I felt it like, impacted me because the other receiver wasn't playing that game. So I could have had a chance to have like a, a breakout game if I would have had, you know, did what I was uh, supposed to do and, you know, didn't uh, make that mistake. So like, if you can remember, like, do you, have, do you have any like big mistake or like a mistake that really had like changed your thought process of like how you like move around and do stuff? Yeah, so when I was in high school at Hazelwood Central, um, a group of guys that, I mean, we are, most of us are still pretty good friends today. Not all of us, but most of us. We were going down, um, we were driving down, where were we going? Down West Florissant, past Lucas and Hunt. You know where Lucas and Hunt yeah. and West Florissant is. So where the the, um, the Wendy's and all of that is. Now that used yeah. to be called Northland Shopping Center when mm -hmm. we were growing okay. up. So we driving, it's five of us in the car and I'm driving. And we smoking, we smoking weed. And so we pull up, we, we going downtown, we going to the city, which we had no business going to also. So we smoking weed and we used to wear Letterman jackets back in the day. So we got the Letterman jackets in the trunk because we don't want our Letterman jackets smelling like weed because we got a worm, you know, different things. So it's a Friday night and we got a game on Saturday, the next day, right? So we, we pull up to about the Northland Shopping Center, okay, uh, it's a sobriety checkpoint. So we have an issue, <laughs> right? We have an issue. Bigger than because issue. we, you know, you smoking blunts and they, you know, they in rotation, yeah. right? And so it's a steak and shake there. So I pull into the steak and shake and go through the drive-thru like we going to get something to eat. And dude like, no, 
They flag us like no. And so when the windows, when you open the door and the windows come down, it's, oh, you know it's there. And so um, we ended up. They needed our IDs. They were in the trunk because they were all in our coat. So we give my IDs, and you know, we played at Hazelwood Central. And the cop happened to be a guy who was on the first Central championship team. Mm. So he ends up letting us go after a long lecture, tell our coach. But that, that night had the potential, you know, to derail us in a way. Like that could have turned into something completely different. Yeah, you know, so. had we played for somewhere else or had the cop been somebody else, yeah. you know, or the those situation is. So the people that you in that particular issue with you know, you got to see how everybody kind of responded to that and kind of what you felt like would happen, you know, in future issues. So that has to be an eye opener because experience that you don't that that are hearts that you don't have to necessarily suffer the consequences from. You have to allow those to use you, you know, for you to really see kind of who your friends are, kind of what is going on. But also everybody made their choice because everybody in their car that day know that that was pretty stupid to do yeah, you know five deep and yeah that's but, but nobody wants to say nah, that, do don't do it this because that's not the cool thing yeah, you know exactly. when you're 16 you're 17 years old you know that's not cool so situations like that i mean we we did a lot of dumb stuff man you know it's why i can relate to the kids when i coach them and kind of understand them because we made a lot of those same decisions you know i just um I just will hope that I can take my experience and tell you that if you do that, then you're going to have problems because I also grew up in a different world. So the consequences now um, in certain situations can be much more severe than they could be when I was growing up. So you're not living in the same world that I grew up in. You know, it's a completely different situation. And some things are harder and some things are easier, kind of depending on what's going on. But uh, I would say that you have to learn when you're growing up, as you go through life, how to make good decisions. Because you don't want to make a decision that costs you everything, right? You get something on your record. You can't get a job. Um, you end up having to go to prison over something stupid. You're not really built for that type of situation um you have a kid that not only are you not equipped to take care of you have a relationship with the woman that you can never fix and so it mm. kills you financially it kills your kid you know in terms of who they can become or who they can't become all of those are decisions that you make right, right. and if you just take a minute to get your emotions under control to evaluate uh, the decision you about to make, it could save you a lot of a lot of heartache and pain. When you Control say when you say like how different of a world we living in now, you you started off four years at Austin P, didn't you? Mm -hmm. How do you feel like yo like the difference in a college is right now from when you were back then? So college is probably a better experience for the kids now because you know when I played it was um it was the Coaches couldn't do to you now the things that they could do to us then. Like right. you, it, you couldn't even handle it the same way. Like we had three a days. My dad used um, to talk about that. You know, it was no, 
it was three a day. What's the schedule of three days? So you had you had meetings at six, on the field at eight, off the field at eleven, lunch till twelve, meetings at one, on the field at two, off the field at five, dinner, on the field. So the last practice is like seven to nine. The last practice was special teams only. But you everybody still had to be there. Yeah. So if you wasn't on one of the special teams groups, then you would be just doing indies. Like you were gonna be doing something. Yeah. Right, and yeah. then lights off at 10. And we did it for about three weeks straight, yeah. seven days a week. So hell weeks, basically, the beginning of the count. It was hell. It was, it was, <laughs> it, you know, um, it'll make you question your love for the game. Indeed. You know, and it was no, <laughs> it was no, uh, there was no heat, like us 105 heat index, so we don't practice. It was none of that. It was, and it was full pads every day. Like y'all didn't, y'all never practiced in full pads when you played for me. Nah. Like so, it's, <laughs> it's now like every practice was full pads. Then yeah. everything is full day. contact every day. I think now it's on like like a one day shell period. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah. So the game is the game is different. Uh, the coaching was different. The coaching was was tougher because they could be tougher. You know, but I think too though, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not one of those people who had an issue with that. I think it made men out of us. You know, I, I think it was needed. Um, and I think they did the best that they could. Like it wasn't just, like you had might have one water break, maybe two, it was different. It was tough, but you know, in this day and age, it's a lot of rules. Um, it's a lot, you can, you're not even allowed to have two of days anymore. Nah, that's you what know, I'm saying. When did come about? In college, or like in like in like, in like high school, it started in the NFL. Oh. Um, because guys were dying. I mean, we had a year where it was seventeen guys who died NFL college. Um, well, it was becoming it was becoming an issue, and I understand that. When you bring that up, because I had a question about this, uh, guys like dying. So you know, recently had the uh, Demar Hamlin thing happen mm -hmm. a couple of uh, weeks ago, and like you know. It makes I guess I assume it makes parents question who who have sons like putting your kids in football. Like does an incident like that like change your mind uh, about like putting your son in football? Because I know he's like how old is that CR four? CR three. He's eight. Eight years old. So football starts around like what like first grade, second grade, something like that. Mm -hmm. So like got six year olds out there now. Yeah. So like does an incident like that like make you as a parent change your mind about putting your kid in football at like a young age? No. So, you know, I think that kids shouldn't really probably play tackle football to middle school anyway. That's, that's always been my thing. But in terms of playing, it, it will be up to him whether he play or not. Facts. You know, all my kids do what they want to do in terms of the things that they go on to in life or that, you know, that they want to play or that they want to do. And they had to make those decisions. But if they make the decision to play, then, you know, you could die on the football field. That's true. But is it likely? It's probably unlikely. But it is a possibility, you know, that it could happen. And you just got to decide if that's for you or not. You, you got to love to play football to, to get to certain levels of the game. Um, or you have to be extremely talented. It has to be... One other, because everybody doesn't love to play. I, I coached a lot of guys who were good players, but they don't love to play football, and that it and it always comes out, you know, at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I mean, everybody who plays that game knows what's at stake when they play it. And that's why I wasn't on defense. I am like hitting. <laughs> I, I, I knew my love was ended for in college. Yeah, I think college was, college was like college was that point to me where I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. Like high school, remember in high school, I was go, I was going to quit football, and I told you about it. And I think I was going into my last year, and like I was like, yeah, I don't want to do football no more. And then I I stuck it out, and then then, then college happened, and you know like you know how players be like. Politics and coaching like me, racist, this, that, and the third. And in reality, you're just not that good of a football player. Yeah, that's most guys. I had a conversation with a lot of guys. You know, most of them didn't play because they're just not good enough to play. And that's hard for a lot of them to accept that. And it, it bothers them and they get it. But when it comes down to it, that's usually the case. They're not good enough. Because you got to understand that coaches, we get paid to win. And if you're in a situation where the way my family gets to live is based on me winning games, yeah. I'm never not going to play you because I don't like you. Or I'm play him because he's from somewhere and you not play you because you're from somewhere else. That don't make sense. That, it, that doesn't happen. You don't, you, don't think, you don't think coaches have that, like, that, like, that underlying tone? Like it, like it, it could happen, though? Like if someone doesn't like like a player, like they might. I like coached a lot of guys that I didn't like. You like me? <laughs> I like you as a person. I didn't like I didn't like coaching you every day because you wasn't serious about football. You know Not what I mean? Enough. But you know, from that standpoint, um, that happens. That yeah, I mean, you're gonna always have personality conflicts, especially as people get older, because when you're coaching guys. A kid at 14 is going to do whatever you tell him. But by the time he's 18 and he has his own... I'm a man now. You're not a man. That's but, what we think, though, at 18. Yeah, but you know, I already told you I would make you a man. Right? The only thing that makes you a man is if you can pull up to your own house mm -hmm. that you pay for. Mm -hmm. And a car that you're driving that you pay for. Mm -hmm. And you can put your key in the door and turn it and you open up the refrigerator and every all the food in there you bought if you putting the key in your mama house you're not a man yet. Oh, man you're not grown right if you putting your key in you know in your sister house your grandmama house like anything like that you only the man at the point where you can be the man and where you can take care of it all if your daddy and your mama still got to cash up your money i got news for you fellas you ain't a man yet. Oh, that, 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 what if they just being a good parent? There you go. Took a whole grown man like, out the window. Like, you, you, sent your, you, you sent your kids some money too, right? You know? They're not men either. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, okay, so like, so like at what age, so I mean, you would never, you would never have your kids, you know, struggling to like be without. So like, at what point do you cut off that like, all right, like you 20 something, like you gotta, you know, go into your own. I would never cut them off. They're my kids. I mean, I'm responsible for them. They got. They better hope that they get it together before I die. I ain't gonna be here forever. You know what I mean? So the legacy will though. You know, I hope they don't mess it up. You know, my kids are straight, but they have to. They have to do what they have to do. But they could always come home if they needed to. I wouldn't put them out. I think that's one thing that black people do to their kids. That's terrible. You put. You just throw them out. To the wolves, really, before they're ready, um, they seem to be doing okay. 
<clears throat> at least that's the lies they tell me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I think that, you know, to answer that question, yeah, they I would let them stay as long as they needed to. You got something? I don't know. I was waiting for everybody else to get there, though. So, look. I know we all had, well, we all had our, our, our own thoughts when um, Dion left JSU and then went to Colorado. For Say one, yours, Kobe. For one, first I want to ask you, now that it's already happened, did you know prior to him announcing that he was going to Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> so, what I knew, let me, let me, let me answer this. Um, I had an idea of what was going on. You know, I knew that there were I knew that there were several schools at that time who wanted him, and there was a, a high likelihood that one of those decisions was going to be made. Let me say that. This, my take on it. I feel like you know he he trying to make sure should do it get in that league. But for real, for real, I feel like it has nothing to do with him at the moment. But like after these two years, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped somewhere else. That's just me though. That's your take. What's what's your take? I hated it. My take. My take. And I know, and I know what you're gonna come back with. So I'm ready for this. But I felt like that he left. He was here for what, two and a half years, three years. Mm-hmm. I feel like that he kind of left um, JSU. I wouldn't say high and dry, but more so just like he's. I feel like he had like put this black this black uh, school uh, lifestyle on the pedestal was like saying all this stuff about like trying to um, empower uh, black schools and HBCUs and this and the third and then the first moment he got to like leave go to a, a bigger school a PWI he had shook and had left. He that didn't. wasn't the first moment though. He could have been did that. Like that wasn't the first like that wasn't the first moment. Schools tried to get him the year prior to that also. So can 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 I say something today and it be true, and then in three years from now things change and it's time for me to move on? Like so, when I go to Luther North and I have a mission and I say this is what we're going to do, can what I say in that moment be true, and then over the course of the time of being there things change? Yeah. Right. Is that not is that not fair? So if I'm a coach and my focus is on winning and building the program and doing all this. And I think I did incredible things for the guys that played for me. Right. But what do I do when you come to me and your mom and say that you want to go to Florida and miss practice for a week Mm. and you and your brother start on my team and my family eats based on my ability to win? Is that wrong? Popped. <laughs> no. You, you, because you want to go to Florida. And your mama want to go to Florida. But my family needs to win to eat. Mm-hmm. Right? So at the point that you're going to go to Florida, is it okay for me at that point to want to leave this situation and go coach guys who want to be at football practice and not go to Florida? No. But it was Disney World though. You can't Disney World. But do you understand do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you said. Like, so you wanna hold me to the standard of helping you. Mm-hmm. And when you need something, you expect me to come through for you and be there for you. 
Yeah. But what you learn as a coach is everybody else does not value you in the same way. They expect for you to fix all of their problems and solve them. But something as simple as making sure that everybody is 100% invested in what we have to do to reach the goals that you say you have, right? Nobody is committed to it like that. And so, but you want us to stay for less money, less resources, less dedication, yeah. less commitment. Because it it's not just you, but there's several situations that you can go into and say, all right, well, I did this, but then you didn't show up or you wasn't as committed to it as you were supposed to be or you wasn't, but you want me to stay and you want me to promise you I'm never going to leave. Well, I'm at practice and you at Disney World. Right? Yeah. So, okay. like, we got we to gotta be honest with you. We just got to be honest about the situation. And in that moment, your parents or you will feel justified that you made that decision. And I'm okay with that, right? But then I'm also justified for seeking a situation where guys don't want to go to Disney World. They you can relate, can't you? I can relate. How, how many years was you at L.A.? Six. Thank you. Six? Six? I didn't know it was six. Okay, if I, so you bringing this up, what happened was, I went on that trip to the uh, Disney World, right? And to his point, when I came back, I was not playing football very well at all. <laughs> we went to this Nebraska <laughs> camp, and I couldn't catch a cold. And we was running this a spread offense. Now, granted, he might have had been already thinking about this Wayne T offense for like the past six months. Who knows? But after that Nebraska camp, when I couldn't catch a cold, we came back, I think, a couple of, of, of weeks later. Now it's a whole new offense. I ain't getting no clock. I'm on the bench. Just sitting there, you know, being a decoy while they getting, you know, 500 yards a game rush. What's this, 17? It's junior. 17. So think about this, though. When we were working on passing, you wasn't there. So we have to look at it. Remember, we get paid to win. Crazy. So we have to figure out how we're going to still move the football because you weren't the only one that was, I'm not going to say the other guy's name, but it was another guy who missed during that same time. And so I can't go in there and say, hey, guys, these two guys that were supposed to play receiver, they're not here, so we're going to just lose, right? <laughs> we had to figure out a solution. And it just turns out that when we went to the wing tee because of that, we just never looked back. But those all come back. They just decisions, yeah. right? They just decisions. Life goes one way or another, but when you look at Deion Sanders' situation, they all just choices. They're different things that come up where everybody has the ability to make a decision, <laughs> and it's just a choice. Mm -hmm. You want to do something, you don't want to do it. You think this way, you think that way. It just is what it is, man, and the choice has to be made. So speaking of these choices that you made, that you made, the you know the whole spread versus the wing tee. I know you were a big advocate for a hashtag run the rock. Mm -hmm. You love to run the rock. Do you feel like that since like everything is so like past maybe not it, it ever like come back to like you know running being the the primary style of, of football being played? Yeah, it will be because football is cyclical. You know, and so um, there'll be a team that, because they have to, they'll run it and they'll have success. You know, but it, 
at that at the highest level, it's just all on the ability to get the quarterback that you need to throw the ball like that. Because you got to have a special quarterback to be able to make passes, and you got to have guys who want to catch passes. I ain't want to catch passes. You know, man. <laughs> come on, Reed. Why y'all ain't come get me my junior year? I would led y'all to the promised land. <laughs> you should have called. See, y'all ain't had no pass throwing either. Speaking of like decisions, you um, <laughs> <laughs> you just made a transition from coaching and to going into like the media space. Could you just speak on how that transition has been and like how your everyday life has changed? From coaching to not being on TV and everything. So, I would say um, going into my last year at Lutheran North, I didn't really want to coach no more. I was kind of done with it. I was kind of getting tired of some of the things that I had to deal with um, in terms of some of the kids and, and some of the parents. And football was changing. You know, um, a lot of things were changing. And I'll tell you something. I also got to the point, and this is important for young people to understand, all right, and I want this to come off the right way, but I, I got to a point where it was becoming really difficult for people to be in charge of me. I didn't feel like anybody should be in charge of me, mm. right? So because I started to feel that way, I started looking at things, looking at situations that could put me in that position. So when Perk was going to the NFL, I was in a meetings with all of the agents and the different different opportunities started to come up, you know, as we were going through that process. So I had an option that I want to be an agent, that I want to work at one of the agencies, that I want to be involved in the, in the media space, you know, and so I had a relationship with the, the CBS and 24-7 people because they were the uh, the media partner for the Army All-American game, and Perk played in it, Doyle played in it, Pride played in it, and so I was there a lot dealing with that. But it wasn't, you know how you get in a relationship, and it, and you like, it's not you, it's me, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's not them, it's me. And that goes for, you know, the last couple stops I had as a coach. I just was in the point where I didn't feel like I should be, I should have to be told what to do by anybody. I felt like what, what I had going on and what my trajectory was, it was time for me to be able to take control of my own career and, and what I wanted to do and the way that I saw things. And I didn't begrudge anybody um, for the way that they thought things should be. And I understood that that was their situation to be in charge of, but I had a different outlook on things. And so I'm at the point in my life now where it would be hard to get me to be in any situation where I was not in total control of how I wanted to do things and the way I wanted to do it. So I would say that was probably the big thing for me. Someone gonna hear you, someone gonna hear you say that and then quit their job tomorrow. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> It's people that that's just a little push they need. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend. Don't quit your job and then get on there and say that I told you to quit your job and hit me and ask me for some money. I don't want you know. I don't want to be a part of that. But I will say that for me, that's what it was for me. I didn't feel like anybody should be in charge of me at that point. So in this, so in this space, what's been what's been the hardest thing to navigate? Uh it hasn't been hard. It was a natural fit for me. You know, I work for a great company and, and, and it's great relationships. It's just football. They pay you to talk about football. You know, so it's not, I mean, it's not hard about it. It's people out here that are really 
you know, that are digging ditches and putting down concrete. That is that's hard. I talk about football all oh, that. That's not tough. They put down concrete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <mom. laughs> that's your job. Do a lot out there now. Trip. Do you think you're like is like your job like hard hard? Or like you think it's like worse out there? It's definitely worse out for sure. You got niggas that gotta climb up hundred foot power lines and you know connect cables back together. I, ain't, you know, I probably people that this more of a, of a passion thing than like it's a hard job. Like they might love doing that or make a living. They getting that bag and you know like all them dangerous jobs you think going on out there. They getting they bucks, make the most money for real. Bucks. Like we had to do with a big crane to come drop a pool the other day. He's making a rack of hour. Huh? A rack of hours just sitting there moving a crane like he playing a video game. I'm like, I just knew it took time to get there, so I ain't even gonna hate. But he ain't did nothing all day. And it took you relatively how long? As far as I would say, after after your college career and getting into coaching, it took you how long to get to this space? I mean, I started coaching at 22. I'm 42. 20 years. 20 so years. you're talking about 20 years. 20 years of work and just to get to where you were getting paid to talk about. But I will say this. I was dope in my 20s. I won a lot of my 20s. But you won your 20s, what you saying? I won a lot of games and, and I, I had great relationships then, but I didn't I was not prepared to handle the business part of it. I blew all my money. I um I wasn't disciplined in, in, in saving. I wasn't disciplined in understanding stocks and real estates. And I, were, I ran through hundreds of thousands of dollars in my 20s. That, you had that. You know, um, and I also, I also, um, I had a lot of issues, you know, with how I communicated with people. Mm-hmm. You know, being from St. Louis and the, just the way that you communicate and not understanding that everything does not um, require a fight. Mm. Everything yeah. does mm. not require a confrontation. Just being able to communicate effectively. Uh, one of the things that young people need to learn is how to communicate uh, without being aggressive. How to be assertive without being aggressive. Right? Mm. And so uh, I, I cost myself some opportunities because... People did not want to deal with me because of my abrasiveness, you know, and that was something that I had to also uh, be able to change and, and get better at as life went on, you know. And so um, life will give you a lot of experiences. But if I would have done some things different in my 20s, I might have been in a situation at 32 instead of 42. Right. In hindsight, yeah. In hindsight. But. You still have to go through those experiences because there's no playbook for it. And a lot of times you just, you know, um, you going forward with the, the best information that you have at the time. So where do you see yourself at, at let's say, 62? 62? Yeah. You know, man, um, one thing that I do know, I don't know what I'll be doing at 62 or 52. But I do know that whatever I'm doing, I'll be the standard. I know that whatever I'm doing, everybody will be trying to keep up with me. I do know that. So you you are you you are good at this because I got a whole a whole question to ask you now. Being the standard, right? So you had you know you was you was a standard for high school coaching when you was coaching high school at Luther North. I believe so. No, everybody used to follow. Everybody started to follow. You know. 
what you was doing and stuff. And you met a bunch of college coaches. I mean, the biggest ones to, to ever, you know, imagine to even meet. So which college coach did you meet that you think was like, that was equivalent to like your style of coaching? Well, I don't think that, let me say this. It wasn't that it was to the equivalent that I, that I was trying to do. I was also searching for my identity also with the kind of coach I wanted to be and the kind of program that I wanted to run. So I had an opportunity to meet Nick Saban. And what Nick Saban did for me <clears> is he changed the way I looked at the whole, the big picture, mm -hmm. the way you dealt with players, the way you discipline your players, uh, the way you make them train in the weight room and, and the work ethic that you make them have. And he also helped me with talent identification. He helped me understand the difference between um, a guy that was going to go Division One and a guy that was going to go Division Two, and everything that kind of went into that. And so I felt like he gave me an education um, that became very important to me as I moved on. You know, and then probably the coach who had the biggest impact on me was Larry Walls, who was a high school coach, the coach at Sumner High School, you know. Yeah. And so, but they gave me... They gave me an identity, you know, which I think is, is extremely important. How has, like, you spoke on, like, being from St. Louis and how we kind of, like, are always on the defensive and, like, always feel like a conversation is need, in need of a confrontation. What are some things that you did to, like, stop that to help your networking? Because, like you said, you know some of the biggest coaches in the world. You was getting any and everybody to college when we was in high school, like, how did, what, let me not say that, what kind of like slowed you down to be able to build those networking skills and not have to be so St. Louis, I, would, I should say? Because when you, when you started to get into certain rooms, people were looking at you like you were an idiot. So like I would be in a meeting with some really big time guys, you know, or, or and we would be talking business and people would get mad. And when you get mad and you can't function, and they just look at you like you don't belong in the room. Mm -hmm. And they stop inviting you to stuff and they stop make, letting you be a part of stuff because it's like um, business is business. This is not a fight, right? And so you have to, to be able to navigate in that room. And like when you talk, you know, I can remember calling this, this, this guy and I was like, I had an issue. You know, I, I'm, I'm upset about a particular situation. And then I, and I say, man, when I see dude, it's like that. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? you, he was, you know he, he, it didn't make sense to him because you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars on a particular deal. Or you're talking about, you know, a big time situation. And, and we're talking about fighting in the same conversation. And that just don't make sense to them. Yeah. Mm. Right. And so um, you can get your point across, but you have to be able to communicate. Communication is the key. If you have a problem with somebody, you can communicate with them in a way to get that problem across, you know, kind of without it coming to that. I got a question to ask you about um, NIL and the transfer portal. I feel like I feel like both of those things has the past couple of years changed the whole trajectory of how recruiting is uh, and how certain colleges go about recruiting high school athletes. Uh, you you uh, talk about it on your, on your Twitter every now and then, and you know, make make some videos. What do you think 
I'll start with the transfer portal first. Is what? How does it impact high school uh, recruiting? It doesn't. What it does is it. It. Well, let me say this. It show, it tells you the truth, because if it affects you, meaning that you can't get a scholarship because of the transfer portal, then what it's showing you is that you're not the player who you think you are, because all the it didn't affect Toriano Pride. Right? Mm -hmm. So it didn't affect Miles McVeigh that's going to Alabama. Like it doesn't affect the big time guys. It affects the borderline guys. So now you have to be realistic and say, well, I'm gonna go to a division two school, I'm gonna go, you know, maybe to an NAI school. And then some of them figure out that if they gotta play at a division two school, they don't they don't don't wanna play for real because they're not willing to make that commitment for that particular situation. And I understand that part of it too. Um, but for me, I think that it all, the, I think that the best players always end up where they're supposed to be. And if you're not at that, that tier, then it's, it's telling you something about your game. You're just not listening. So basically what you're saying is if you suck and you suck, <laughs> you're not going D1. That's basically what I just heard. Most guys are not D1 players. So, you know. D1 football is a different level, and most guys don't belong at that level. Like, there's way more guys who should be playing D2 and NAIA ball than it is guys who should be playing Division I football. And, they, and it's, hard for, it's hard for people to accept that. What's the difference between, like, but aside from, like, I guess, like, the size of, like, the O-linemen and stuff and things like that. Like but you can't difference? say except for that because that's a big thing. That's thing. That's like, bro, you can't, that's you, you can't yeah. say that. You can't say, well, if he wasn't bigger, well, he is big. <laughs> and it does matter. Right? <laughs> it do. You know? If weight classes didn't matter, then we wouldn't. If size didn't matter, they wouldn't have weight classes in boxing. That's how that's how I always looked yeah. at the power five. I feel like that's why they always called it the power five. Yeah, it's big and more powerful than everybody. It's just a different level. Like if you walk through the, the football facility at Alabama and you see the guys, the average high school kid would understand that he didn't belong there. No bro. But since but since you're not walking through there, you're just watching it on TV. Yeah. You you know, well, when I was in the in the JFL Super Bowl, you know, I tackled Zeke. One time, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I should be, you know, I should be going, you know, here or going there. Like, that's how you look at it. Yeah. People like that. So, who, so I guess to talk about Zeke or just how players in St. Louis, who is the best player you've seen come out of St. Louis? You know, man. And you can't, and you, and, and you can't say, well, I, got I, some, I got something after that. Yeah, but I need one player. Y'all don't know the best player that I've ever seen. That's y'all are too add. young. The best player that I've ever seen with my own two eyes is Isaac Bird that played at Parkway Central. Mm. So Isaac, Isaac Bird played in seven state thing. championship games in three sports. Oh. oh. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yo, what? But these sports, so watch football, basketball. Football, basketball, baseball. He was the best player in every sport. He got from? He played on the Tennessee Titans. He was on the Tennessee Titans team. Isaac, was the Isaac Bird. No, you think about Jarius Bird. Okay. Isaac Bird was started at receiver for the Tennessee Titans when the Rams beat them in the Super Bowl. Oh. oh, imagine being like your hometown team yeah. in the Super Bowl. Disgusting. Yeah, you know. So he's the best player that I've ever seen, you know, in person. And I was I was young when he was playing. Um, 
we went to go watch Hazelwood East and they played Parkway Central and Isaac Bird just put on a demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when you start okay. to see that it's it's levels to it, it's levels to it. You came out of Central in ninety six? Ninety nine. Ninety nine, ninety nine. So y'all rivals had to be Riverview, correct? Our rivals was East. And so back then, so let's say this the Suburban North Conference was one of the best conferences right. in, in the country. East won state in 95, we won it in 96, mm -hmm. Riverview won it in 98, mm -hmm. then McClure North lost in the championship in 99. So like it was just, it was a lot of talent, yeah. you know, during that time. So our rival was East, but Riverview was really, really good, and, and they created a rivalry, but even though they had a short run, because Darren Sunker was the coach. Right. Yeah. So Coach Sunker was there. Um, I think he was only there three years, and so they would have kept going. They ain't won nothing since he left. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> not a thing. But yeah, it was a. I mean, they were loaded. What was the difference between your cha uh, state championship run as a player versus as a coach with LA? Well, as a player, you know, I was not a, a huge part of that particular team. I was young, you know, so you were more watching guys that okay. you looked up to playing. As a coach, nothing is similar. To Playing and, and coaching, right. because as a player, you have to just make sure that you're you worried about just you. I gotta make sure I do my job. I gotta make sure that I'm on point. I gotta make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. As a coach, you're responsible for the whole situation. You know, I gotta make sure that every kid uh, is doing what they're supposed to do. And a lot of times, when you're coaching high school kids. That means that you have to make sure their parents are doing what they what they're supposed to do. You almost become their parents' coach, also. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so, um, you have to make sure that that the players understand that they have to have a, a a workable relationship with the school. So you go to a school and you say, "Well, I want to play football, so I'm going to this school because I want to play football there." But at Luther North, you got to go to chapel every day. Right. Do you want to do that? The schoolwork is really hard. Are you prepared to be the kind of student that you need to be? You got to wear a uniform every day. There are certain commitments that you have to make also um, that outside of football that become extremely important. And in many cases, they're more important than, you know, the, the football part of it. All right. Do you feel like the talent like back then was, was different because a lot of the kids was, weren't going to the private schools like they are now? Um, no, the talent, I mean, we've always been super talented here, but it, it was, the difference was you just played for wherever you grew up in your neighborhood. So back then, when I played, the best private school team was SLU. All right. So SLU was loaded. Um, that's where all the, the, the really smart private school kids went. CBC was not good. Chaminade was not good. Um, Luther North was good small, you know, for the little boy stuff. Um, but not 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 on a level where they could have competed against, you know, the bigger schools. Trinity was not even Trinity was called Aquinas Mercy then or Rose. It was a different it was a different thing. So it was just it wasn't it wasn't like that. And then back in the day too, you know, the Hazelwood School District and the Ferguson Floyd, those were really good schools to go to. You could get a really good education and you didn't have to worry about fights and guns and some of the things that's going on in the schools mm -hmm. now, uh, which is unfortunate. 
you know, in itself. But it was really just a lot of pride in playing with the guys that you grew up with. Right. And um, that, that obviously that has changed, but, you know, that was what it was. Even Hazel West back then had some really good players like Trevor Gaylord and um, Devon Black and Rob Riddy. All those guys were guys that played in the NFL that came out of Hazelwood West. You know, uh, Lamarck Brown was a, another guy from West that was a really good player. You've you visited a lot of cities recently to watch uh, high school football, I assume, and or or college football. As far as atmosphere and just like level of talent in football, what's the best city to go watch football? Georgia. Um, I mean, state Georgia or Texas, just because of the emphasis that they put on it. It's, and it's not that they have the best players in the world, even though they'll tell you that. It's just more they care about it more. Man. It just means more to them. The best players from here could go to Texas or Georgia, and they would be the best players in Texas and Georgia also. Mm. But here is just the emphasis is not the same. It's probably only three or four schools in the entire St. Louis metropolitan area that really care about football. And what are those schools? I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to give anybody a free recruiting commercial or nothing uh, like that. You know, I ain't going to do But it's only three or four schools that really care about football. All right, then besides that, how you feel the talent-wise is going from class six all the way down to... Now, I wouldn't even say all the way down. I'd go to class three because I ain't even worried about two. Well, the only class man. six, the only good class six team is CBC. Mm. You know what I mean? So only. No, that's true. Yeah. Thank you, bro. <laughs> we had, you know how we are. We had this debate because like they was class five, class six. I wasn't class, class six. No, no I'm was not. Class I'm, five. No, you, they was I'm four. class five. Everybody else too. I ain't even talking about this. Where'd class. you play? Who's class four. Y'all was four. It was five. You crazy. Where, where did you play at? Uh, Zamora North. Okay. Hi, I ain't gonna say surprise, but like Jameson, mm -hmm. him bursting on the scene how he did at Alabama. Could you had a picture that if you was to rewind five years later? Yeah, at, him as a freshman at Cardinal Red. He had so what you had to understand is that he had Olympic track speed for sure, which is a determining factor to be able to compete at that level. It's certain things that all of those guys have that make them different. Then everybody else, people always say, well, well, coach, what makes this guy? It's something about them all that makes them different, mm -hmm. right? That makes him different because he can run the way he can run. That's a, If he couldn't run like that, then he wouldn't be different. Yeah. But he can run like that, so that makes him special. Who are some guys that, like, I would say in our class 2018, besides Ronnie, that you just felt like they could have made it, but... No, never mind, because that's not going to throw some niggas under the bus. <laughs> it ain't really throwing niggas under the bus, but it's like... I nah, bro, because we I had some killers in our class, and they kind of just... Her. <laughs> I think it's life. Just, personal, just, yeah, it's life happening. I think you know? that this is what I think, you know, um, in terms of that. I'm, and I know all those guys pretty well. I think that the big, the big mistake that most kids make is the schools they choose, right? I think that 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 that's one of the biggest um, barriers to you making it is being at a school that the system doesn't fit, 
the kind of player you are. Mm-hmm. And then also guys get to college, man, and, and things change. They don't they find out they don't want to work that hard. They fall in love. Right? Um math is much harder than they thought it was gonna be, so that eliminates them. Great. That's what also, I'm math is super hard in college. Yeah. It's like Insanely it's, it's hard. not compared to high school at all. When you get into anything in life, you're gonna have to go up against the opposition and you're gonna have to make a decision that you're gonna work hard enough. And those are extremely tough things for people to do because the excuses are going to be all around you and your parents give you the most excuses because they tell you it's going to be okay and if you don't really want to do something they typically the first people who don't make you do it you know and so um i think that a lot of guys they just get into those moments and I, I saw it when I played myself, man. It's just hard as hell, man. And and when you get in there, it's just all about your mindset and, and what kind of mind um, do you have to be able to endure. Because enduring is the toughest part of pain. It's the hardest part. Can I endure this and, and can I make it through this? And that makes it hard. And sometimes people, but I used to tell people, you know, because they were well, the 2018 class is the best class to come out of St. Louis. I used to tell people all the time that it wasn't. It was not even close. Is they not even in the top five? But I used to say that before they came out of high school. You got to realize young people are prisoners of the moment. Yeah, we've, we been sending, we've been sending big time players out of St. Louis for a long, long time, man. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that every time that People put expectations on you, it makes it it makes Harder. it tough on you. Yeah. You know, I don't have any expectations of anybody. I can look, I know who's working and who's not. I can look at you and say, you know, I expect them to do what I see them do every day, which is nothing. You know, in a lot of cases, um, you can be super talented, but that only gonna that's only gonna take you so, so far. So, oh shit. So, um, let's ask you. You've coached a bunch of teams. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the driving force, like one, one of the main things that can mess up a team's chemistry? Girls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any particularly, like, you know, scenarios that, like, it messed up a team's chemistry? Girls is the first one. I would say that's the biggest problem in any locker room, guys messing with the same girls. Um, because girls are... Girls are major going to be a major distraction for you your whole life, um, and and they can be uh, the biggest detriment to your business, to your you know to your uh, to your success, um, in in two ways. You everybody kind of messing with the same girl, or you trying to mess with multiple girls at the same time. Because yeah. that also becomes a huge distraction and it, and it becomes something that you think is cool. And then what happens is the betrayal that you feel from your friends when you realize that they're not as close to you as you thought because of the way they handle all the issues that you're having with the girls. So the, 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 what girls do and women, they expose a lot of the, the, the flaws that are around you and it makes you deal with it in real time. It makes you deal with your feelings in real time. So that's the the first part. The second part that messes up chemistry is that football is not important to everybody on the team. 
And so it's very hard to get everybody to come to 6 a.m.s and get everybody to really commit to that level because football may be the most important thing to these guys, but it ain't the most important thing to these guys. And so how do you reconcile that mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with each other? Um, jealousy over offers, feeling like he's getting to go here and I'm having to go here, but I think that I'm better than him. All of that comes into play. It's a lot of jealousy, man. Most people around you not really happy for you. Um, I just find that kind of, I find it kind of funny how like a coach could go to this school and offer this player, but not this player. But you think that you should be at that school because like if the school, if the coach had went there to this one high school, and had found this player, then why would you like? He saw he saw you. He just didn't think you was fit for his for his football team. Yeah, but most people in life can't accept the truth. Everybody is you. Everybody always looks at it and says, "Well, it's this person's fault that I'm in the position." That I'm yeah. In. Very few people you'll meet in life will take accountability for the actions, and that's almost in any relationship. You know, it's his fault. If they fall, it's my mama fault. If, if they would have done this, if they would have done that, very few people take accountability for you know um, the situation they in. One thing that you did that I kind of like, I never forget. It's funny. It's funny now that it's funny now that it's like years past going and stuff. But I remember one day after practice, you the caught out like like ten, fifteen guys. It was like we finna come to this room after practice, and like we got in their room. And then basically you just ask us like, what's up? Like, like, what's going on? And in that room, like everybody has something to say about about somebody or somebody else's other person or or whatever. And like that's when I had realized like that was my first relation of like, okay, like how you feel about like you know women and girls like that's like one of like the main things that can like keep people from like keep team from like going to like the next level as far as just like chemistry and stuff like that. Cause I never personally had saw that like until that point in my lifetime. Yeah, y'all were obviously having an issue with each other. You know, guys who all liked each other a lot before that, we were obviously at a point where there was some type of issue, right? Yeah. And I'm the kind of and and it was causing us to lose. We were nine and three that year, which would be good to some people, but for us it was a major failure, yeah. and it was a major letdown for the talent we had. And so. We had to get to the bottom of, you know, what the issues were. And it was girls, you know, and and, and because most young people, you, you're not ready to deal with women anyway. You know, everybody thinks that they are, but it can really, man, if, if, I, if I could tell any young person something, and this is the, that I did not get told when I was y'all age, is that one woman is enough. If I could tell anybody that, one is enough. You can't handle more than one. If you try to handle more than one, you're going to suffer. I promise you that. Let that be a lesson to you. You're going to suffer. What if I'm not trying to handle them? What if I'm trying to like, <laughs> manage them? I'm just managing You can't. Like, you can't manage GM. Because, you can't manage them because you can never control the decisions that somebody else makes. Mm. And then when your emotions get involved, it's going to bother you and you're going to feel some kind of way. And now it's taken away from your work. It's taken away from your business. You at work, imagine if 
you climb poles, right, for cable, right? That's what you do? I'm jumping off. You're jumping off. About shorty. Yeah, okay. I know so, what you're getting so, I'm But imagine, off. imagine if I'm holding a cord that's holding you up, and I'm, I'm on my phone, I'm texting, I'm arguing with some girl, and you fall. Right? right? Because I let the thing go. Because I met, like, those are all the things that happen. You know, a mat, like, it just is, uh, and, and the hardest thing that you young guys don't understand, too, is that you can't control what a girl does. Like, you not, like, she don't belong to you. She gonna make whatever decision that she wants to make. I feel like I you, just came to that realization last year. You not in any control of the decisions <laughs> that a woman make. You, you, you're not in, there's nothing that you can do about it. But I can tell you what, if you're trying to deal with three or four at the same time, you're going to have issues you're not even prepared to deal with. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. And that's something that I wish somebody would have told me at, at 20 that nobody ever did. I had to learn that on my own over, over the course of life. But it's, um, it's definitely um, something that most young people are not prepared to deal with. How do you know now that you're married? How do you know when somebody is like your soulmate? I don't really believe in that necessarily, but what I what I will say is you need to marry somebody or be with somebody that's really down for you. You know, that's really committed to to making you a better person and, and helping you and guiding you and, and and you able to really work with them as a team is more about can I move with you as a unit. Right? Can we make decisions that are beneficial for the family as a whole, and and that we not having to be at a tug of war over certain issues, you know, and things like that? I think that that's extremely important because one thing that people do, especially young people, you 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 date people and you get in relationships with people that you don't even really like, right? And <laughs> oh, you you hoping that. You hoping that time changes them, and it never does. But she's pretty, you know. Uh, she looks good to you. She makes you feel good, whatever the, the case is. But now you're in a situation where you have kids with her, and you don't like your kids, and you don't like your kids because they act just like her, and you don't like her, right? No. So now you got to set it. Like now you got to set the issues. You dating a girl you don't even want to come home to, so when you get off work, you're not even going home. You're driving around the neighborhood on the phone. Then you sit in the driveway in your car for an hour. You don't want to go in the house because you don't even like the person. But what you do like is you like people telling you, oh, shorty bad. When you go out somewhere with a shorty bad and you like the way that it makes you feel around the guys, but you don't like her at all. (laughs) But... You and, and you, you, you continuously fighting yourself through that, man. And it's just, it's more to life out there, man. You can just have a better life than that. You're going to have families one day. You're going to have kids. And you're going to actually want to be in your house. Imagine working to buy nice things and live in a nice house and have the things you have. And you not even wanting to be there. Because you don't like the person. And you know you don't like them. But you're not willing to let them go either mm. because you're an idiot, All right. right? And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're wasting your time, you're wasting money. Your, your money, you're wasting your life. And then 
now, like I said, you got a bunch of kids running around and you don't even really want to deal with them. You don't like them either. So now you, but you, but you're in a situation where you got to deal with it, right? Because think about it. If you don't, and, and women run into the same situation, they don't like you either, but they have a son by you and he acts just like you. And so now what are we doing? We had a, we we got to struggle. We, mm. we struggling with each other. When the easiest thing for you to do is to just leave each other alone. It's hard though, coach. No, it's not. Nothing is easier. It's not <laughs> easier. Easy. It's only hard because you're weak. Because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bro, sitting in the driveway don't seem fun. Like I have to shake. You know, it's 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 you. It's not hard. You just be, you just being a punk, and you being selfish, and you and you realizing. And, and, and what's going to happen is just, it's going to affect everything. Being with the wrong woman or tying yourself to the wrong woman will ruin your life. And being and a woman attaching herself to the wrong man will ruin hers too. You know, I see girls all the time that, that, I, that I saw when they were in high school or they go to college. And then they end up with a guy, and I'd be like, you went and got all of that education and did that to be with him? Like, your life is finna be in shambles, right? <laughs> but I don't have daughters, I have sons. So I look at the situation much different. Even when y'all were playing with me and girls would date y'all, that didn't make sense to me. A lot of he, he, you know, he would literally tell the girl you shouldn't be dating him. You shouldn't date him. Like, <laughs> You you just this is it this is this is stupidity, right? <laughs> and they be like, and, but sometimes them and their parents would think, well, he's gonna go to the league. He's not going to the league. I could say I could save you all of the, right the drama right now. He's not going. To the he's not even. He's not him. <laughs> so you married, coach? I'm married. Yeah. How how you feel about marriage after thirty? I think that you shouldn't get married till you after thirty. Thank you. You need to go. You Thank need to, you. You need to figure out the gospel is spoken. You who you who you are? You don't even know who you are until you thirty. Correct. You need to be able to um, take care of yourself. Number one, we got guys that are taking on women and families they can't even take care of themselves. So you need to know who you cool. are first and foremost. Um, Secondly, you need to know that you have the ability to communicate, which is something that's one of the hardest. You're going to hear me say that over and over again. You need to be able to communicate effectively to be in a marriage um, and you need to have conflict resolution. You need to decide well, if you're going to date a girl, you need to decide how we're going to handle things when we don't agree. You know, how like how are we going to handle that? We don't agree. You know, my son wants to do this. I want him to do that. How are we going to handle this? How can we reconcile this without being disrespectful to each other and without, you know, all of those things are important. And, and it takes a little growth for that, you know. And so uh, that's a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an uh, either or for you. Money or happiness? Money. <laughs> I felt that. Just like <laughs> Why you say that? You ain't gonna be happy if you don't have no money. Bro. I don't care what nobody tell you. Yeah, I'm sad right now. I'm <laughs> it's, it's the truth. You know, um, you you just you gotta make money, man. You gotta get to it, um, and it'll come. All of that'll happen, but you gotta make it. And people say, oh well, money don't buy you happiness. And then, yeah, you know. 
I'm happy in my car than at the bus stop. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you, you'll be happy. You know, and if you ain't happy after you get the money, you'll be able to afford the therapist you need. So, I got one more for you. What you, what you finna do? Yeah, another, another either or. Wife or football? Say that again? Wife or football? <laughs> if it wasn't... If it wasn't for football, I wouldn't be able to afford my wife. I'm about to say, you can't feed the family without football. Okay. Now, you can take this either way you want to take it. The U versus Alabama. In the, in, in yeah, you talking the 90s about prime, prime, yeah. prime Miami? Mm -hmm. Miami. Steak or burger? Steak. That's all I have. I'm gonna hold it to that. I'm gonna break that news first. Call me Shams. I think it's pretty, it's funny, but it's cool how, like, you know, when you was coaching and stuff, you hated social media. You was like, get off of that. Like, like that's, that's bad for business. And that is business now. You it's know? business. <laughs> like, it, it is bad for business when you playing and coaching. And you're mm -hmm. trying to, and, and, and if winning is the business, you know, but. For me, I even got to the point where I was just trying to, where, where I was just trying to get all of y'all to to college, right? Yeah. So, and trying to get y'all to college, social media ended up being the best thing, you know, in the medium to use. That I think I gave everybody a master class on how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, when when I look back on it, and I'm talking about the very first scholarship high edit, every everybody was so upset. All the coaches. Bad. They was big man, but not everybody got to edit. For sure, for sure. Everybody got a hashtag. Every high school coach, everybody, but they spent a lot of time, you know. Hey, hey, high school man. You know, being upset. I used to we used to see them scholarship high posts every day in school, just scrolling. Such such got it off. I'd be like, bro, what? <laughs> no, bro, no, bro. I feel like what I admire the most about you is how you how you changed over a time period. Like you got a lot of people your age that's stuck in their ways. That's I feel like them being so stuck in the past is why they can't elevate and win games, or you know, even change the adapt as a person, adapt yeah. or like adapt to the different players they coaching. Like you got a lot of coaches that's gonna stick to what they know. Don't really, you know, they ain't got no connection with their players. I tried to give my kids the coach that I wish I had. Right, you know what I mean in terms of. Um, I grew up in an era where, man, you really just did what somebody told you to right. do. Like, if if coach said it, if your daddy said it, that's just what it is. Like, I can remember when my dad put us in sports, he just put you in the car and signed you up. He didn't ask if you wanted to play. Right. He didn't ask, He didn't care what you wanted to do. You was going to do this, 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 and this. And I just wanted to be in a situation. I wanted my players to be comfortable to talk to me. I'm okay with the fact that he didn't love to play football. Right. And I wanted him to know that he could say that to me and that I would still help him do whatever it was he was trying to do for his life. Right. Like everybody didn't want to be what Perk wanted to be. Right. But Perk wanted to be that since he was a baby. Right. And that was OK. But I wanted this other kid who just wanted his education paid for. But he didn't want to go to the NFL. I wanted him to know that that was okay too. Right. You know, and that was most of the important thing because you need people to talk to. You need to be able to tell the truth to people. And I just wanted an environment where 
everybody felt like they could tell me the truth sure. and that they knew that I wouldn't judge them. I think that all the guys that played for me would tell you that they can call me, you know, and, and we can have a real conversation or, or I'll help them. I mean, I, I, I done bailed them out of jail. I done showed up at court. I done, you know, if it's an issue in college, an issue at home, they can stay in my house. I done paid their rent. I done paid their car note. Like, whatever it is, you know, that they need, they know that they can call me. And so I felt like that was most of the important thing for them. Yeah. Uh, can I still call you? <laughs> you sitting here, you you, you here. Hey, you know hey, like, what? No. I was about to say, I was going to ask you if that was, if you feel like that was your best attribute as like Being a you. player's coach? Yeah, I, basically. Actually, can I answer the question? Because yeah, I, I feel like that's, no, because I've, I've had a bunch of coaches, but I feel like the best thing about you, and you all been my favorite coach, like you were able to like, Remove yourself from the sport, and like you could be like that other like I would say either father figure, brother figure, or whatever you or that person might see you as outside of just being a coach. Like you were the person that like, all right, it's just football, and if it ain't there, I can't talk to him. Yeah, like it was like about anything. I remember coming to you some one time in high school. I don't know if you, if you even remember this about getting tested mm-hmm. over time, and you gave me where to go, number, address, all that, and I went right at the school. I was clean though, but I, but 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 still, though, like I had no one to go to, I and I was like, all right, I got to ask somebody. Got sir, go to uh, his room, talk to him, and then I was straight. It was just I remember that about too. I wanted to answer your question. I felt like my best attribute was as a coach was I'm able to get my kids to see themselves. Yeah. Right. I wanted you to just know the truth about who you are, whatever that wherever that may be. And I've been in all kinds of situations. A kid can come into my office and he can say, well, coach, I want to play football. Well, I know that he really doesn't want to play. How do I know that? You're not serious about the weight room. You're not serious about playing. You don't, you're, not, you're not really committed to practice every day like that. But I just want you, I just want us to identify what it is that you want to do because you got to do something. You might want to be a gamer. You might want to do what he's doing, podcast, media, you might want to coach. Whatever you want to do, though, we got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't figure that out, the, the problems are going to come down the line. You don't have to play football. Football was my thing. Right. You don't have to play football to, to get my attention, right? You just have to be trying to do the right thing. You know, if, if you just have to be, you have to want to do something, and we have to be able to identify but that's something that my feelings won't be hurt if you don't want to be a football player. I feel like, like, did it take after high school for like most of your players to come to you and let you know what they want no, to do? I think, like? we, I think we dealt with that as they were going through, you know, um, as we were going through those situations, you know. Um, I think that I created that environment then where they knew that they could just come say, I would tell them all the time, just come in here and say what you got to say. Like, you ain't got to be, yeah. you know, you ain't got to be nervous or nothing like that. Just come in. And if your parents are giving you a problem, I go, I'll be the one to go tell your parents. I know most of them anyway. We'll be all right. We'll work through it. Um, but you just, man, because this life is short, man. Like, it's actually, well, let me say this. Life is actually not short, it's long. Y'all might live another 40 or 50 years, but everything that you're doing from here to now is setting yourself up for, and, and it's gotta be a terrible feeling for you to go through life doing what I want you to do. Yeah. As opposed to you doing what you wanna do. 
right? And so I just want you all ways to know that you can do what it is you want to do and that you'll have my support. And if I need to call somebody, if I need to get directly involved, you know, to get you the opportunity, if you play for me, I, I get directly involved in the situation and I'll take care of it, you know? And I think that they all know that. I, I, I would be disappointed if any of them felt like they had an issue and they couldn't call me. I would feel like I failed. I'm seeing it firsthand. Yes, sir. How do you, um, like, coach, because I know you coach your actual sons. How do you different, like, what's the difference between coaching them and them being at home? Like, do you try to make it one and the same, or the words that you use with them on the field, is it different than how you would? I coach them the same way that I coach the rest of them. I treat them all the same, but when we get home, I don't talk about football at home. Um, once we once we leave practice, you know it's over with. When I'm at home, I'm I'm home. I don't want to talk about. I talk about football. You know, when I was coaching, I'm watching film. I'm doing this. We just trying to win, but like. I'm not going to be like, you can't eat because you missed a tackle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't like that. You know, it, it's just, um, you know, the, two of the biggest relationships you have is, you know, one with your dad and one with your coach. And so I try not to rob them of either experience, mm. you know. And so I think that that's the best way for me to look at it. And I would treat them in, in the exact same matter that I would handle him or that I would handle any other guys that, that was dealing with a particular situation. But, you know, um, the guys, I think any of them would tell you, like when they would come to the house to hang out with my son and stuff, I, didn't, I wasn't bothering them about football. Like I'm not a big, I'm not a big rules person. So I don't have no whole lot of rules. I didn't have a lot of team rules as a coach. I'm just big on telling you to make, make a good decision. There's going to be a point today where a decision has to be made. Make the right one. And you know what the, the right one is. Don't succumb to peer pressure. You know, don't succumb to, uh, to, to following someone else's dream. Just be able to make a good decision. Because most of the people that you're trying to show that you're not scared to do something, they're scared. You know, and so... You have to you have to do that. I just want a man to be the best man that they can be. And um I want them to be I, I don't care if they're happy. I just want them to be able to take care of themselves more so than like your happiness. I'm not really into your happiness. It's real though. You know, but I want you to be able to feel good about yourself. Like when you get to the point that you like, man, I'm really in my own house and I got my own car and I, I made all of this happen, you'll feel good about yourself. And that's the most important. You won't always be happy, but you always feel good that you can take care of it. Like I think that when you're, when you're, one of your kids calls you and they have an issue and you're able to just deal with it. Like I tell my kids, if, if, you, if, if you have an issue and money is involved, you don't have no issue. I got plenty of money. So there's no issue. You know what I mean? So being able to say that to your kid is important. But I just also want them to be able to say that to their kids. Uh, yes, you understand yes, what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's the thing. The biggest thing my father did to me is he put me in a position through teaching me to take care of myself. And so he, my father don't take care of me. I take care of me. 
He don't take, I take care of my kids. He don't have to, and, and he's able to go into the, the last part of his life feeling really good about himself because his kids is able to handle their own business. Sure. You know, and so that's really important. I want to be 55 and 60 and know that my kids are taking care of their kids that, and I, I'm not the one mm -hmm. having, having to do it. And I will do it if I have to, but they won't feel good about it because I'll be on their bumper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's all I got. Yeah, that's, that's, all that's all I got, too. <laughs> You know, right there. you know, man, guys, you're doing a great job, you know, continue um, to deliver it. But one thing I want to say to y'all that I don't think that the people talk about enough, man, just stay grounded in your spirituality, man, and know that you got to have some kind of relationship with God to keep things going forward. We talked a lot today about me coaching. Right. And one thing about it is, you know, I know every kid that has ever played for me. I got a relationship with them, and it's important. So one day I was at a gas station, and the kid come up to me, and he say, Coach Reed, I play for it. I'm like, play for me? <laughs> I don't know him, right? Okay. Like, I don't know you. But he's saying he played for me. And so as we get into the conversation, you find out that he actually came to a practice or two, and he didn't stay with it. but. I can't treat him like I treat him because I don't know him, mm -hmm. right? You can't, your relationship with God, you got to know him. That's like, right. it's got to be the same. Obviously. You don't want to show up to that judgment day with God and he like, hey, bro, I don't know you. Yeah. You okay. see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You be like, I don't know you. Like, I ain't never talked to you. I ain't got no relationship with you. You ain't never prayed to me. You ain't never came to me. Like, you don't want to be in that situation because one day you're going to have to see him and you don't want to see him. And he be like, bro, I don't know you. So keep that in mind. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, like, comment, share. I thank you for. Well, I think well, we came down to your spot. Yeah. So, <laughs> but thanks for being on the in. show, episode uh, three. Uh, I appreciate it a lot. Thanks, coach. No doubt, yes, sir. Yes, sir.